He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. See, all those kauri trees, some of them well over 40 feet, I've grown them from seed. And, I mean, and that's, that, In the back blocks of Welcome Bay, Tauranga Moana, Rob McGowan shows me his kauri nursery. So any one of those little trees here could live for a thousand years. They look like just little plants. <laughs> they are little plants. You know, and, and this is the whole thing. So six weeks ago, they were actually coned on the tree up there. And uh, there's lots of things. See, those those are trees. That the originals of those trees came from, from the area. They're from, from the Kaimais. You know, the Cody trees that actually grow here in Tauranga Moana are the same species that grow up north in the Coromandel and so on and so on which are greatly affected by Cody dieback disease. Mm. So far we've not detected it at all uh, in the Kaimais. The disease Cody dieback is a problem at Waipowa Forest in the far north, the home of the largest Cody Tane Mahuta. The disease thrives in the soil and infects the Cody roots, effectively cutting off the nutrients within the tree. The disease can spread from soil on footwear, animals and vehicles. Two things here. One is it's important that we don't bring any trees into the area that actually... Uh, from areas where the Cody dieback disease exists. But secondly, are Tauranga Moana Cody genetically sufficiently distinct to be immune to Cody dieback disease? Oh, really? We don't know. But at the same time, but you can sort of see that, you know, um, when you're healing the land, restoring the land, you put back to the land what belongs to the land. And and that's the whole big concept of eco-sourcing. Rob has lived here in Tauranga for over 30 years. Many may know him as Pa Ropata. His knowledge of Rungwa Māori stems from his time in Whanganui, having learned alongside Kuia Rua Henare during the mid-1970s. A former Catholic priest, these days Ropata is busy tending to his whenua, working for Te Papa Atafai, the Department of Conservation, teaching students from all walks of life about the environment and the practice of Rungwa Māori, and even shares his expertise when it comes to shaping policy. In part one of our kōrero, Rōpata talks about the need for people to listen to the whenua and why the teachings imparted to him decades ago is even more relevant today. Yes, yeah, so we're on Whitetail Road. Uh, Whitetail Road runs off Welcome Bay Road um, and it leads up to the Kaiti Falls. So we're on the bottom of, of Whitetail Road on the back of the of the maunga that they call Kōpū Kairua. Um, and so Kōpū Kairua, especially for Ngāti Pukenga, is, a, is, is their maunga and it's a very, very special. Across the road from us is Te Paipai Kohatu. And if you look, you'll see some of the terraces that are still there. Uh, it's amazing how many past sites there are around here. So Ngāti Pukenga are, are very much alive and well, <laughs> and, and, and they are, you know, um, re-establishing their connections to all these places and names and things like that. Now, above us is Otawa, uh, and that's very, very important, you know, to the Te Arawa people in terms of when the uh, Te Arawa canoe came, came by, they named um, named those hills after their after their own issue at the time. Mm. 
So it's all part of the stories of Te Arawa. Waitaha was very much established here. Uh, Ngati Pukenga came later and intermarried into Waitaha, into Ngaitanangi. So we've got all those connections around about us. We're very scientific these days. We have all sorts of experts to refer to. We have um, Dr. Google who knows everything. And, and therefore we can actually plan things really well, so we think. But in actual fact, can we? Do we ever ask the land what we should put there? Um, that's our reference point, isn't it? So that should also be our starting point. Mm. Instead of imposing on the land what we think is right what we think is best, what we will think will work. Um, and, and, and so really it's just representative of the whole issue of trying to get us, people who live in New Zealand, to actually respect much more the mana of the whenua here and to be taught by it rather than presuming that we know and that we should do what we think is best. So that's the reverse sort of thinking, really, isn't it? How does the whenua um, speak to us? Well, it doesn't speak English. <laughs> it doesn't speak Māori. It speaks whenua. Whenua. I, you know, like uh, I've been doing a lot of work back in Whanganui, and that's where I was taught. Yeah. And, you know, the Te Awatupua, the, the Whanganui River, has its own legal identity like any other person. So we'll be doing wānanga to heal the river. And, and, and the thing about it is the whole process of caring for the land starts with listening to the land. And even though it might not speak, in actual fact it does speak, but in its own way. Mm. You can tell when the land is not well because of what grows here or what doesn't grow. The tohu, the different signs. All, yeah, you've got to see the tohu. You know, but you only learn the tohu by actually listening and watching and things. So as I hopped out of my car, there was two little tiwaiwaka sitting up there on the, on, the, on the tree, and they've disappeared. I'm very worried about tiwaiwaka this year because they're hungrier than they should be. Oh. Yeah, what's happened to our insects? You know, one of the big, big, big concerns of science people around the world is what's happened to our insects? Because if we've got no insects, how are lots of trees going to pollinate? How are the trees that we get our food from, the apple trees and the peach trees and that, how are they going to pollinate? Nature needs all of its species to be well. And, and what we're seeing with our wandering around and, and things like this, you know, people who spend lots of time with, with the whenua, we see lots of things that cause concern. Even that little bird that just flew past us in. The, the fantails follow us around because they can't find food and maybe we might disturb things and send things up. They do that all the time. But this year there's an urgency about it that I haven't seen before. And that's the origin of that little T.Y. Waka book that I've just given you. Oh, yes, yes. You know, that people could hear the whenua crying. You know how it is when you hear a baby cry, you rush in to see what you can help. And people get that same sort of sensation from the whenua itself, you know, and, and that's, that's a warning to us. Over the years, Paro Pata has produced books about Rungwa Māori. His latest is named after the bird Te Waiwaka, healing the Māori of the whenua, ka ora te whenua, ka ora te tangata. But Te Waiwaka is also the name of a collective of people who work together in order to care for the whenua. 
having asked the old people with this book is okay or these words they they endorsed it and told me actually where it came from but that's another story uh, but coming back home having got their blessing as, as if the earth itself Papa Toanuka was talking to me care for me because I may not be able to care for you much longer uh, but the thing that really drives me is that actually there are so many wonderful people. Mm. Uh, we can turn things around, you know, because you look at a tree. A tree grows tall because it has hundreds of leaves, and all the leaves are connected to the branches, and the branches to the trunk, and the tree just gets bigger and bigger. Because when you look at traditional people, no matter what country, you know, uh, the earth is the mother. We are her children. We belong to her. These trees and birds and insects are all our family. Mm-hmm. You know, that terrible loneliness that actually dominates the lives of so many people in New Zealand. So many people, our sickness comes from the fact that not that we eat the wrong things or whatever, it's come from the loneliness that's within us. And so we do things which we know will hurt us, but at least they give us comfort for a short time. So we comfort eat, or we comfort drink, or we comfort drug, or we comfort work ourselves so hard that we get exhausted and we actually are not aware of anything. Mm. And, and that drives our ill health. So you're saying the, the answer's in the whenua? It is indeed. The beginning of the answer. Because answers can lie in front of you, but unless, like, you can... Um, not conscious or so aware of it. Yeah, and, unless you pick it up eh, and make it use, you know, and, and put it... To put it to use to actually to learn from what we're seeing and to actually use that as the basis of what we do. So the uptake of people, more people turning towards the, the maramataka, is that a, a sign? The maramataka is the Māori lunar calendar. We, we learn things as academics rather than learning them as someone would learn who belongs to places. And, and so you have people saying, the Maramataka says such and such and such and such, so therefore this is a good day to have a meeting. Right, okay, gotcha. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. Know, but in actual fact, the Maramataka might have been the Maramataka for someone in, in, in say, Whanau Apanui yeah, wrote, yeah, or yeah, it might be someone from, 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 from Ngāpuhi wrote. You know, that, that in actual fact, we take a Maramataka that gives us a, a guideline, and then we, we actually proof it through looking around and seeing how things work here. Whereas you're saying it's best, well, to do it yeah. without that sort of... Well, I mean, that's a guide because that's a, a maramataka, as you see, written out on, on our internet, you say, is the outcome of someone's wisdom that they've made available. Gotcha. But if you look at this hill here, see, the reason why those trees grow so tall is because they don't get any sun for much of the day. Mm. You know, and they're looking for the sun. So the same tree planted on the other side of the hill won't be anywhere near as tall because it can find the light much earlier. So if you have the for this side of the hill, it's different to the one on that side of the hill because the sun's different. Yes. So you connect your maramataka as it's been given to you to the realities that in actual fact uh, are found in the place that you live Mm -hmm. or where you work. And then you'll start to get it right. You know, we we sort of learn things academically instead of using the learning we get academically as a to reinforce and to to um, make sense out of what we see and learn from just being part of the whenua or for the sea people, part of the moana. So there's a rationality behind it. Very, very much so. I think to a very large extent, 
New Zealand's way of living is still more based on the northern hemisphere than the southern hemisphere. To base our lives around this part of the world that we live in, this season, these happenings and things like this. Mm. And so the people that live inland celebrate differently to the people who live on the coast. Kia ora. Tēnā koe ropata. Should we walk around somewhere just to kind of get a sense of... Of the You know, it's, it's sort of, it's a bit of a jungle here because... Oh, no, you can't buy. You know, all know, but there's a lovely rhododendron. You come here in a few months and that'll be completely covered in beautiful red flowers. You know, people say, okay, so, like, I used to grow dahlias. I thought I was that kid to make a living in growing dahlias. And people say, hey, hey, why do you grow dahlias? I thought you were the wrong Man, I say, yeah, yeah, I grow them for as a, as a rongwa. And I say, oh, what do you do? Do you eat the bulbs or whatever? I said, no, no, the flowers. And people say, yeah, what do we eat flowers for here? I said, no, no. When you are really feeling down and someone gives you a bunch of beautiful flowers, doesn't that lift you up? You know, yes. the, 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 flowers, the flowers are a beautiful medicine. That's why little children are healers. Because when you're really feeling miserable... The smile of a child can actually make the sun come up, you know. And so you bring your children in to see the, the old people when they're ailing, not to make them hoha by sort of a lot of noise, but just to let the children, let those old people see the generations that are coming, and then life has a meaning, you know. And 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 that's why children are so important. That's why you know some of the old kuya and karoa, they're so. Wonderful, even in their old age, because of their mohos. Because their mohos is the fulfilment of all they've tried to achieve. Ropata seamlessly connects Fano and Fenua. For him, there is no separation. Today, he works for Te Papa Atafai in the unit Na Fenua Rahui, protecting indigenous ecosystems on Māori land. He co-founded Tane's Tree Trust twenty years ago to help regenerate the Fenua. He and his wife are also part of Waitao Land Care Group. They work to regenerate and restore nearby land and streams. Now, during our kōrero, Atsi Waiwaka, which is the name of his recent book, flits about on a clothesline. And, and so I grow flowers. And look at our little tea waiwaka. Only... Oh, the little tea waiwaka is still... Oh, look at her doing a little dance. We had one... They come inside all the time, and one day one of them saw itself in a mirror. And so she sat in front of the mirror talking to itself, and then herself didn't respond, and so she got angry and started attacking the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> she thought she was speaking to another Tiwe Waka. And what's your kuri's name here? This is Sable the Magnificent. Sable the Magnificent. And he's very hey. sad that you haven't got a TV camera because he likes being on TV. <laughs> So he wants to go to Hollywood. Did he record it all? Oh, you little darling. Is this where you take, because you, you do um, uh, classes and learning sessions, don't you? Yeah, but, but not here. Not, not here. here, right. This is where I sort of do the propagation for our care group. Right, gotcha. Because just up the road from here is Kaiti Falls. Yes. And it's not safe to swim in Kaiti Falls because the water is, is, is bit, bit, uh, bit paru, bit pedo. And so we have to heal the water. So we plant up all along. And, you know, uh, and so we've got lots of people up our road who are all contributing each in their own way to actually look after our water so that we can swim again. 
Not many people would know that, hey, about what you guys do to bring, to restore the Kaiti Falls. That's a popular summer spot. It is, it is. Well, the thing is, people don't realise that in the Bay of Plenty, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of groups of people, each looking after their own little streams and rivers and places. And when you add it all up, that, that means hundreds, maybe thousands of people. Uh, collectively, that amounts to a huge amount. Even in Matakana Island, you know, yeah. they've got their nursery there. And, and it's just amazing. They're bringing back in those little areas that you can't farm, little patches of bush and birds and all sorts of things, all to an actual fact. You know, Jason and, 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 and Aroha and them, they began because um, they love their fish. But if the water coming off the land isn't well, well, where's the fish going to be? Mm. You know, so you look after the fish by caring for the land. Right. And we say the same thing with Whanawapanui. You know, big, big program because the Rokumara ranges are in a very bad condition. And so I said to, to, to some of those people, hey, just say to people, we're looking after the land, looking after the bush because we like fishing. Because the bush is unwell and the sediment's coming out, it's smothering the reefs with the Pawa live, the kinder live, the crayfish live, the snapper live. If you want to have fish, you've got to care for the land because those coastal waters depend on what comes from the land for their nutrients but also for all the sediment that actually messes things up. You know, it's, it's all about connections, isn't it? Yeah. And Modi, you know, you, a lot of talk about Modi and that life principle. To me, Modi exists in the connections which allow life to thrive. And when you look at the way that the the uh, old people, you know, uh, look at science, as opposed to say a, a scientist, you know, um, the big big focus of Maori science is on connections. Yeah. You know, whereas yep. so often we actually focus as scientists on the particular area in which we have our expertise. Mm. You know, and and the connections, they are there, but they're not given the same emphasis that you'd get in, in the way that traditional people see see life and things. Because you're zoning in on the one problem. Yep. You know, and, and, and so that whole complementarity of things, you know, yes. and on people, we're all contributing to the wholeness. When we when our, our whole world becomes our, our own contribution, we actually sometimes can become quite irrelevant. You know, like farmers are essential for us to live. But if all they do is farm and worry about their balance sheet, uh, in actual fact, they might produce good food, but but they also may be hurting themselves. And, you know, people will say, when we were kids, we could swim in the creek, but now we can't. Yeah. So And so you say to your grandkids, hey, 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 don't swim in that creek. It's not safe anymore. Well, those kids are going to miss out on a whole part of their, <laughs> of, of, of the life that they remember as, as, as children themselves. So we keep saying to people, just don't think about yourself or, or your own children. Think about your grandchildren's grandchildren. But do you accept this whole narrative that's negative and saying, well, it's just the world we live in today? And how do we move towards a space of healing the whenua? Well, I think more and more people are beginning to actually think again. Lots of people live in fear. Yeah. you know. But now with COVID... And now with the, all the climate change concerns, the pollution concerns, people are beginning to be fearful again. You know, that, that in actual fact, um, 
Lots of people live in cities. Most people live in cities. There is a growing concern about the uncertainty of our future. Yeah. And, and this is when we've got to actually give them a positive plan to work to. Care for the whenua, care for the earth, to ensure your own health, to ensure your own future. Now, what kind of um, little... The little seeds there? Yeah. This is the whārangi. New Zealand has only two species that belong to the lemon family, and this is half of them. Wow. <laughs> and if you crush the leaf, it's got a beautiful perfume. See, this is a plant that doesn't go in Tauranga Mana. It's a, um, they call it umbrella fern, but isn't it really growing well? Umbrella fern. But, you know, it's normally too cold for that, but what's happening is that plants that normally wouldn't survive because areas were too cold are now beginning to survive and to thrive. You know, uh, all these tohu, you know, um, see, mangroves normally um, don't grow further south than Ohiwa Harbour, but they're beginning to pop up in Hopotiki as the sea's warming and things like that. You know, so human actions have made it happen more quickly. But, you know, here in Tauranga we look out to Tuhua. Yes. At the height of the last ice age, you could have walked out to Tuhua. The sea's already risen 170 metres, so why should it stop? Goodness. Hope your house is not in Papamoa. It's in Matua. Oh, well, you should be all right there. Uh, hibiscus. It comes from Mir Island, from Tuhua. So what do you, how did you get that? Do you take cuttings? Oh, no, um, Jason gave me some seed. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, and they grow quite nicely, but it really grows on disturbed ground. Oh, OK. And see, that tree, they thought it disappeared, and then there was a big slip over on the island, and then, oh. then the hibiscus came up. See, this is how you learn your rongua, that the main role of the rongua plants is to heal the whenua. I had never heard it like that before. The main purpose of the rongoa plant is to heal the whenua, yeah. not to heal the humans. No. Well, we can. I mean, they were doing it for millions of years before we turned up. So, <laughs> <laughs> but this whole garden is set up to teach people. So, like, nice. this comes here from near Ma here, and that one there is a little pymelia, and that one comes from near Christchurch. And that one there is from the South Island, and that one there is from the Kawekas. That one there is from Tauranga Moana. That little there is from from the South Island. You can sort of see the range of things. This is a type of mahoi. Mahoi. As we walk through the bush, Ropata rattles off the names of trees and plants. The mahoi is a shade tree that can grow up to 40 feet. That one is from the Ruahenis. And that one there comes from Pukatitiri. Uh, I have a fear the possums are eating the flower buds off. Ah, OK. Whereas you go to some parts of the country and the seed, you can pick them up by the bucket loads. And they used to be a really important food for people. Wow. But if you relied on them in Tauranga, you would get skinnier than me. And see, this is, this is, this is Ramarama. Now, this is a tree that suffers from that myrtle rust. Oh, yes. And uh, this one hasn't got it, but, but in actual fact, it's... A, that's a tree that could become extinct because of this myrtle rust, which is a disease which is only affecting trees belonging to the myrtle family, like Ramarama and Pahutakawa and Kanuka and Manuka, Fijoas, oh, gum no, trees. Oh, Fijoas. Oh, I know this plant's Kawakawa. 
At this point of the conversation, Rob is a couple of metres in front of me, so I didn't quite pick up what he said. He asks me why the kawakawa is so popular when it comes to rongoa Māori. Yes. Why? You know why? Because it's, it's plentiful in New Zealand. Yeah, because it's the fives, and the cows don't like it. They only eat it when other things are not available. All the dried leaves and things like this. Yes. Now, to some extent, that's a result of the drought, that the, a lot of trees, when it gets too dry, they start shedding their leaves. Right. But that mulch on the ground is probably the most important part of the forest oh. because that keeps the moisture in, but it's full of all sorts of fungi and all sorts of other f- microorganisms, and it's them that feed the trees. Right. You know, so if you've got... Uh, someone up here every week sweeping up the leaves, you're yes. actually depriving, you're interrupting the natural process because this is the recycling. Everything that comes out of the ground should go back to the ground and go again and again and again. You know, um, a lot of our modern horticultural or agricultural practices suppress the microorganisms in the soil that actually are the key to the nutrient recycling. And, and so, for example, most trees, most plants only can access their nutrients with the help of the, of the microorganisms that live in the soil. Oh. So if in actual fact you're putting lots of, say, superphosphate on or other sorts of chemical, chemical fertilizers to boost, boost your plant growth, for instance, what often people don't realise is that you're also suppressing the microorganisms that the soils, the plants need to actually thrive. The way to manage our, our use of soil in the long, long term is to learn how to enhance the ability of the soil itself to actually recycle nutrients and keep making them available. Yeah. And soil health has definitely been a topic on Siahika, for example, with uh, there's hardly, according to Dr Jessica Hutchins, you know, New Zealand, the, the, the topsoil, the good topsoil is, is, is decreasing. Very, 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 very much yeah. so. You know, because going back to, you know, give and take, we've been taking much more than we've given back. Mm. You know, and, and, and that's the whole thing, you know, the... They sum up that the thinking practice of traditional peoples is the principle of reciprocity. You, know, you give back as much as you take. You know, and, and it's quite simple. Ite kai tiaki fenua, ite kai pupuri inga kōrero tukuihu, yahu mai ia papatuanuku ero pata tenarawati kui. Now that was part one of our kōrero. Next week we'll feature part two. We'll also post up some handy links on our webpage rnz.co.nz/tiahika, where you can find links to Paro Pata's various publications and mahi. Katiake motene wa kote manako ia eno ho maru e koto hoki mai anoki tene hotaka tena tato katoa.